We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, March the 5th, 2020. On today's show, I break down South Carolina baseball series this upcoming weekend as the Gamecocks welcome the Cornell Big Red of the Ivy League to Founders Park for a weekend series. I'll break down Cornell's pitching, hitting, talk a little bit about South Carolina, what to watch for, the key player for this weekend, give my prediction, and much, much more. Also, do have much more to go over, including your listener questions and a fantastic interview with former Gamecocks offensive lineman Donnell Stanley that I know you are sure to enjoy. Before we get into everything, this is a podcast to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the best ticket buying app by far, the only ticket buying app I use, and the only one I'd recommend. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, They've got tickets to literally anything and everything, whether it be Gamecock sporting events, you want to catch the baseball series this weekend, South Carolina basketball. If you're going to the SEC tournament for the ladies in, in Greenville this weekend, if you want to go to that, concerts, comedy club events, professional sporting events, again, any Gamecock sporting events I didn't mention, but you name it, whatever you need tickets to, SeatGeek has got it. they got a great ticket rating system, which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting, guys. So never again do you have to worry about, am I overpaying? You don't have to worry about scalping. They have it really well organized. You're going you're gonna to know exactly where you're sitting, what the person next to you is paying. It's going to tell you, hey, you're overpaying for those tickets. Look at these others. Hey, you're getting a great deal. You should go ahead and buy those. It's really going to make it super simple, super easy for you. And it's going to give you that peace of mind when you click the buy button to know you're getting the absolute best bang for your buck. So again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. We're talking South Carolina baseball for the majority of the show, which is very exciting for me, obviously. Um, got your listener questions. Got a great interview. Donnell Stanley, former Gamecocks offensive lineman that played last year. So very, very excited about the show. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day, like I said, and appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, if you could do me a favor, first things first before we get into everything, if you have not done so, click the pause button right now. Go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever platform you're listening on. If you could do me a favor, go to iTunes, go wherever leave a five-star review, leave your thoughts, leave your feedback. It helps boost up the show, boost up the podcast. Those that maybe aren't familiar with it can find it that way. 
and it helps make the show look good, guys. So if you don't mind, leave a five-star review. And again, if you have any thoughts, feedback, things you like, things you don't like, that's a great place to do it as well. Also, if you're not subscribed, I really don't know what you're doing at this point. So click the pause button, hit that subscribe button. You're going to get the daily notifications when the daily podcast drops. So again, if you're a fan of the show, you want to make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. So click the pause button, click subscribe, and you'll get all those daily notifications. So like I said, appreciate you guys tuning in. Got a packed show. A rainy week here in Columbia. Obviously, the uh, the Wednesday midweek game against Boston College getting rained out, unfortunately, at Founders Park, which makes us turn our attention to this weekend, what this show is going to really focus on, and that is the series against the Cornell Big Red, which first things about Cornell, obviously an Ivy League school, I had no clue. Their mascot is a bear. I had no clue that their name was the Cornell Big Red. I, that's just something I never – I never took the time to research. <laughs> South Carolina's never played them, or I've never watched a Cornell game to know that their mascot is the Cornell Big Red. So the more you know. But South Carolina taking on Cornell this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday at 7, Saturday at 4, and Sunday at 1.30, all three games at Founders Park and all three games being streamed on SEC Network+. Plus, You take a deep dive into Cornell. Their head coach is Dan Pepicelli. Uh, last season, 2019, rough year for the Big Red, 13-24, and 7-13 in conference. Uh, I believe they finished last in the Ivy League and were picked to finish last in the Ivy League this year by D1Baseball.com. Their season thus far, they've played six games. They're 1-5 on the year, was swept on Duke – or swept by Duke on opening weekend, and then lost two of three to Niagara uh, last weekend. You take a look at this team. And we'll start with the pitching. 3.88 team ERA, which is not terrible. Um, they're starting rotation Friday. Right-handed pitcher Colby Wyatt. He's 0-2 with a 6.75 ERA. But a guy that led their team in starts in 2019. He is a senior. So, again, there may be some shuffling in this big red pitching staff. But right now, he is their Friday night guy. Colby Wyatt, again, led their team in starts a year ago. Um, and is a senior that I know they're depending on this season. Saturday, you got left-handed pitcher Spencer Edwards. 0-2 with a 3.38 ERA. True freshman, been pretty good for them. I know a guy they're really excited about, but Spencer Edwards, that crafty lefty, sort of similar, I think, to what South Carolina saw against Furman. So we'll see how they handle it this weekend. And then Sunday, right-handed pitcher John Natalie, which these numbers, 1-0 with a .82 ERA. Last season, he's transitioning from being a reliever to a starter. Last season was all-Ivy League first-team reliever, and he was a unanimous selection for the all-Ivy League first team. So – a guy that's really capable, obviously, on their Sunday spot. Again, when you see a guy with that good of numbers, maybe is he going to take over their Friday role? Are they going to shuffle? Who knows? But right now, that's what uh, Cornell is rolling with in this weekend series. You take a look at their hitting. It has been very rough. It has been very, very rough for the Big Red. A 198 team average. 198. Brutal. Three home runs in six games. They have 17 runs in six games as a team, which is less than three per game. So runs have been very hard to come by for this offense. When you take a look at their players to watch for, Will's guy is the first one that jumps out to you. He's their leadoff hitter, a true freshman who leads their team in average, hitting 364 on the year, can be a speed threat on the bases as well. So Gamecocks pitcher is going to make sure they need to focus on keeping him off the base pass. Uh, Ramon Garza, another guy, 217 average, a homer and four ribbies, leads or is tied for the lead with their team in, uh, in home runs and leads their team in RBIs. Bats around the four or five hole. And then Joe Hollerback, who is their cleanup hitter, has been for the most part this season, 238 average, a homer, three ribbies. He is a true freshman. And, again, another true freshman they are really, really excited about. 
Yeah, when you take a look, though, a really young team. You know, Cornell is a very, very young team. They're depending on a lot of young guys to step in, contribute, and make a big difference uh, Big difference for the Big Red. Take a look at South Carolina. Same starting rotation. Carmen Majinski on Friday, Thomas Farr on Saturday, and Brandon Jordan on Sunday. What to watch for in this series? And I'm going to still give you guys a bunch of things to watch for, but I, I want to say something. But This is before we even get the predictions, anything like that. You just heard me go over Cornell. This is 110% a series that's all about South Carolina. You have to win it. You have to sweep. I mean, there's just no question. In my opinion, you have to question. You have to sweep. There's no question. This series is about South Carolina finding out more about themselves. I'll start with again. Let me get back on, 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 on topic here. My first thing to watch for, the situational and the timely hitting. You guys have heard me talk about it over and over and over the last couple of days, but that's got to get better. You know, this is a South Carolina team that I think the thing that concerns me the most about the lineup at this point is that a season ago, you lived and died off the home run, right? And, and But you had those home run hitters. You were getting that production, at least in the non-conference. I'm not even seeing that at this point in the non-conference. Like, I don't think you have that, that offense that you had a year ago where you have five or six or seven guys that can hit the long ball. You're going to have to be a team especially going into SEC play, you're going to have to be a team that is able to produce runs, manufacture runs, hit and run, get the bunt down, steal bases, be creative. You're going to have to. Again, Wes Clark can do it. Andrew Eister can do it. Maybe Brady Allen, when he gets going, can do it. Maybe Brendan Malone, when he gets back in the lineup, maybe he can do it. But you're not as deep as you were a year ago with just – with these true, with these true power threats, you're not. You're a team much more on line drives, on speed, and that's the way you need to play and you need to approach it. I want to see a South Carolina team this weekend much better situationally. Because again, if you can't do it against Cornell, how in the world are you going to get do it against the Bandies, the Georgias, the Floridas, the Tennessees, the SEC? How are you going to do it in conference? So I want to see a team much better situationally, and we need to see that timely hitting. It's like I said on yesterday's show, have some fun with it. Embrace the moment. Have fun. Again, if you can't do it this weekend against Cornell, how are you going to do it in SEC play? So have fun. Embrace the moment. Situational, timely hitting. Got to be better. Another thing I'm going to be keeping a really, really close eye on, the the bullpen. And I know everybody's thinking, oh, you know, I'm just curious, are there going to be new roles in the bullpen? We saw Graham Lawson go out, and I know uh, Mark Kingston will probably give us an update later today in his presser. We saw Graham Lawson go out, though, kind of grabbing his side. I don't think it's a major arm injury, but is he going to be available? But do you see some shuffling? I mean, TJ Shook is a guy that's pitched well enough, I think, to get some time back there. Does Danny Lloyd remain your closer? I mean, listen, I don't think he was bad against Clemson or anything, but he just hasn't been as consistent as you would like to see. I still like Danny Lloyd. I still think he can be a big-time closer. I think he needs to get out of his own head a little bit. I think he is a guy that's kind of in his own head. But the stuff is that he has true closer stuff. But Brett Carey moving back to the bullpen, like, do we see shuffling? Do we see new roles in the bullpen? Do we see guys just being tried out in new roles? And how much of that do we see? I'll be interested to see that. Another thing, speaking of the bullpen that I'm watching for, Throwing strikes. 
throwing strikes. And this is from all parties. I know the starters haven't been quite as guilty of this. I think the starting pitching has been very good. But do we see the back of the bullpen attack the zone more? Do we see this pitching staff as a whole attack the zone more? Again, you're going up against a corner lineup that's hitting 198. Our pitchers should be salivating. Our pitchers should be salivating. I mean, I don't want to overreact or get anybody's, you know, get you guys' hopes up. I don't, I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it. But, like, I don't want to oversell it, if you will, or overreact to those numbers. But, I mean, Karmajinski should have a field day. This, this starting rotation should have a field day. Fill the zone. Throw strikes. Trust your stuff. It's like I said yesterday. Your stuff, you're the pitcher. Your stuff is good enough. You're at South Carolina for a reason. Your stuff's good enough. You don't have to paint corners. And listen, if the situation calls for it, I get it. But against Cornell, stop trying to make the perfect pitch. Just fill the zone. Make them prove they can hit. Hitting 198 as a team. So I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on that. A pitching staff that throws a ton of strikes. And again, the starting rotation hasn't been nearly as prone to that as the back of the bullpen that we've seen. That's been the big complaint, and, and rightfully so. This bullpen's walked too many guys. Do we start to see – and it's a mindset, too. Throwing strikes is a mindset. It's a mindset. And, again, I'm, I'm not saying guys are trying to throw balls. That's silly. Of course they're trying to throw strikes. But I think the mentality needs to shift from being trying to be perfect to just fill the zone. Your stuff's good enough. Let it eat. Let your stuff eat. So I'll be watching that as well. Uh, what I was just talking about, another thing I'm watching for, the starting pitching, you know, I want to see it just continue to flourish, continue to have good outings. I thought Thomas Farr, that's going to be a big one to watch on Saturday. You know, his first performance on the weekend last weekend against Clemson, thought he looked really well. And he had the, the I think, the one run in the first inning. He looked very well the rest of the time. You can see why they're so excited about him, and you can see why they made that move in the first place. I think that was a long-term move. They know that as many guys as you can have with that type of stuff in your rotation, the better. And it's nothing against Brett Carey. And Brett Carey adds a strike thrower to the back of your bullpen. So I want to see this starting rotation continue to flourish. And, again, this is a weekend where you should. You should have three really good outings. You really should. Carmen Majinski, Thomas Farr, Brandon Jordan. You should have three really, really good outings. You really should. So – I want to see the starting pitching, like I said, continue to flourish, continue to improve, continue to sharpen, continue to get better. And then lastly, what I'm watching for, all those things I mentioned, they all come back to, this is your last weekend, guys, last weekend for SEC play, last weekend to clean things up, last weekend to put guys in different situations, last weekend to get some confidence. Take advantage. Take advantage of it. We've talked a lot this season so far. SEC play is not a place to try to bring your average up 100 points. Capitalize on weekends like this. You know, we need to see a lot of things cleaned up this weekend, like I said. Whoever's behind the dish, we got to see guys be better better at the catcher position. Got to see the bullpen throw more strikes. Got to see hitters be more consistent. Got to see hitters operate well in different situations. Got to see hitters operate well with pressure. Got to see the starting rotation continue to do what it's doing. Like, again, this is your last weekend. Next weekend you have Tennessee, and they've been playing damn good baseball. That's going to be a challenge. So it's your last weekend to clean things up, to get things figured out, to get things tightened up. 
got to take advantage of it. You got to take advantage of it. Key player for the weekend, you know, when I take a look at this series, they're, listen, they're, they're, this is going to sound bad. No disrespect to Cornell, but you shouldn't need a one key player. You should have a lot of guys that have a good weekend. There should be a ton of them, really. But when I look at this South Carolina lineup, and you're starting to kind of look for guys that can be spark plugs, that can kind of, you know, put a spark in this lineup. One guy that I think is bad is starting to get hot. We're kind of starting to see what I saw from him, at least in the scrimmages. That is Jeff Heinrich. Um, listen, I know Brendan Malone's going to come back, take his starting job most likely, but I, I think Jeff Heinrich is a guy that can definitely make an impact for the South Carolina lineup. I do. You know, whether that be at second, whether that be somewhere else. Maybe he's playing outfield. I don't know. I mean, they put Noah Campbell out there at left. Who knows? But I think Jeff Heinrich can be sort of that spark plug for you in the lineup. So he's going to be my key player of the weekend. I feel like when he's swinging the bat well, his entire lineup starts swinging the bat well. So I think Jeff can be that kind of guy that gives you gives you that spark, if you will. In regards to a prediction, guys, guys, I'm I'm picking South Carolina to get the sweep because if they don't, I'm going to freak out. I, I'm 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 going to be about as pissed as I've been all season. If South Carolina does not get the sweep, I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. And it's not me hitting the panic button. And it's not me, you know, being whatever. It's just this is the type of weekend. This is the type of series. There's no excuse. I mean, listen, Cornell's not a good team. Cornell's not a good baseball team. They're not. They're not. <laughs> not a good team. Again, you're hitting 198 as a team. You're picked to finish last in your conference. You're one and five right now. There'll be no excuse. There will be no excuse to lose a game this weekend. Absolutely none. So I don't want to see – really, this should be three – you know, I, I don't want to set the expectations too high, but this should be three blowout wins. It really should. It really should. I mean, we should see uh, we should see six one, twelve one, and like five one maybe. Like honestly, that it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be much different than that. I mean, Cornell's not a good baseball team, and this is a weekend you should use to build up confidence. That's really what it should be. Should be a weekend to build up confidence. So I want to see this team do that again. There, we got a lot of hitters right now that are kind of. They're doing okay, but for this entire team, like, take this weekend, take advantage, build up confidence. And I think they will because I, I can't pick us to lose a game this weekend because I will be so distraught, to be honest with you. Like, I'm a big – you know, obviously, I'm a, I'm a proponent. Hey, the season's not over. It's 1-56, of 56, all fine and dandy. And I, I'm still going to say that, not in the sense that, like, the season's over if you win two of three. But that's a bad sign if you can't sweep this Cornell team. That's a very bad sign. It is. Listen, I, I know that the loss and the series loss in Northwestern. Some of you are probably saying, well, what about that one? Agree. Bad. Brutal. At least Northwestern is a big 10. I mean, Cornell's an Ivy League school. Pick dead last. You got to sweep. You have to sweep. You need to build up some confidence. Going into next week, you got the Citadel on Tuesday night, and then you got SEC play, and shit starts to get serious real fast. So 
you better get it figured out this weekend. All the guys that need to clean up stuff and need to get it figured out and get confidence, which is pretty much everybody, you got to make it happen this week. You got to make it happen this weekend. And I think they will. I think they will. I think South Carolina does get this week. So, all right, let's move into some listener questions and we'll get into our interview. Um, Colson Varnado, do you think that Helensky is really going to turn things around? I mean, listen, right now, I, I like Ryan Helensky. I, you know, I, I think he's primed for a good season. When you say turn things around, I mean, I'm, assume, I'm assuming you're talking about winning seven-plus games this year. And, I mean, honestly, I don't know. That's How much better is he going to get from year one to year two? You know, that's something we're not going to have an answer until the season comes here. I mean, I don't really know that you can make a great prediction on that unless it's kind of biased. Which I mean, so I mean, I'm 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 optimistic for him. I'm optimistic for Ryan. I think Ryan's definitely got the potential. He's got the capability. He's got the the skill set. But until you do it on the field, it's hard to tell. But I, I think he can certainly be that guy. I, I 110% have confidence that he can be that guy. No question. Um, let's see, Brian Furtick Jr. Since our bullpen is already shabby, is it time to explore the opener strategy? So I know this was something that was talked about a lot last year. I'll be honest with you guys. I am not – I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big proponent of it, the whole opener strategy thing. And I just – I don't know. It's just never been a thing that I've been a huge I, – I believe you need to have roles on a team. You need to have your starters. You need to have your relievers. You know, and have established roles. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know that the opener – concept is something that's it, you know is going to be a long-lasting thing I just feel like you have certain roles in certain situations and guys that do certain things and you need to be able to stick with that so I don't think that's something they do I, I you know maybe they do I know Kingston's a big analytics guy maybe it's something to be a, but I mean you have three quality starters so I mean th there's no need to to do that there's no need to play with your starting rotation so you just need you just need guys to step up, and you need to figure out because the biggest thing in baseball is you want to make sure that when you want to you want to make sure a guy you're going to get the same exact thing out of him every single time he takes the field, every single time he takes the mound, every single you 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 know what to expect from a guy that consistency because baseball is all about consistency right I and mean, that's what it is. So and that's how you earn jobs is, okay, we know what to expect from this guy every single day when he takes the field. We know what to expect. We know what he's going to give you, even if the results aren't positive, right? You know, it'd be like Danny Lloyd. Hey, we know he's going to be a guy there. He's got great stuff. He's going to throw strikes. You're going to get hit. It's baseball. You're going you're gonna to strike out. It's baseball. But this South Carolina team needs to establish roles by finding out which guys are going to be consistent for him and put them in the best possible situation to win, best possible chance to win. That's what it comes down to. So, um, Hearn Rhodes, one, two, three. Where would you like to see Javon Kinlaw go? Honestly, man, I don't have a preference. I'd just like to see him go first round. I think it'd be cool. Be great for the school. Be great for South Carolina football to have a first rounder. A top 10 pick even would be awesome. I mean, it's just great exposure for your school, your university helps out in recruiting. So, I don't really have a preference on the team. Um, but as long as he's a first-rounder, I'll be happy with that. Last question. Thomas underscore Brady underscore H. Does anyone else feel like Muschamp uses the same interview slash answers every time? 
Um, I mean, listen, man, it's, it's pretty much all SEC coaches and all football coaches. They're all just very tight to the vest. <laughs> I mean, they're all very, very tight to the vest. They use the same answers. I mean, it's, it's all coach speak. It's all just, you know, you're not going to get a lot out of them. So does he? Yeah, but so does everybody else. So, um, yeah, you're not, I don't, you're not going to get it. We don't have Mike Leach as coach. We don't have Lane Kiffin. You're just not going to get those kind of answers. So, um, all right, got a fantastic interview, guys. Former Gamecocks offensive lineman Donnell Stanley. Donnell obviously on the team last year. So this one was awesome. This was a good one. Um, it's crazy. I forgot how long he was at South Carolina from 2014 when he got there all the way to last season. We had a phenomenal conversation. Really can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, Donnell, an awesome guy, awesome kid, obviously getting ready for the NFL draft as well. So please be sure to stay tuned for that. Stay tuned to this interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. Former Gamecocks offensive lineman, Donnell Stanley. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show is a man that played for Gamecocks football from 2014 to 2019. During his South Carolina career, he appeared in 50 games, made 38 career starts on the offensive line for the Gamecocks. He was also a team captain in 2019 and is currently preparing for the NFL draft, which is upcoming next month. I'm very pleased to be joined by former Gamecocks offensive lineman, Donnell Stanley. Donnell, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Oh, yeah. Pleasure to be on the show, man. Absolutely. So, normally I do start football, Donnell, but I'm going to kind of jump around here, and I want to ask you, I know you're a big fisherman. How's it going? How's the, uh, how's the fishing life going? And I have the one question for you. What's the biggest fish you've ever caught? Oh, yeah. So, um, well, right now, it's, it's kind of dead right now. I've just been training and stuff, so I haven't really fished. But uh, uh, start April 1st, I'll be going at it until I figure out where I'm going. And um, the biggest fish I ever caught is probably a shark, I guess. I went down to Hilton Head and we did some onshore fishing. I caught about a 110-pound shark, so I was pretty wow. proud of it. I, I know you and Coach Bentley seem like you guys went out there a lot. Who, who normally – did you normally get the better of him in those uh, those fishing excursions, or was it kind of like back and forth? Because I, I know you guys probably rib each other while you're out there just uh, – Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, catch the it went pretty fish. much back and forth. But, yeah, it went pretty much back and forth, but – you know, you got to let them win sometimes. So that's how I took it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, all right, let's get to the football side of things. I want to go back way to the beginning for you. It's crazy. I forgot how long you were at South Carolina, but you're a guy. You went to Latta High School. You're from the state of South Carolina. We're a four-star recruit, um, and you got recruited, you know, by the old staff. I mean, Steve Spurrier and his staff. Just talk about your recruitment and what led you to go to South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina, it was, uh, it was a program that was on the rise at the time. You know, they were winning 11 games, and um, – you know, they had everything I, I, I wanted in school. Had great coaches, a good program. Um, just a, a great campus, nice facilities. And, you know, I just wanted to uh, go to a place I thought that would fit me. So, and South Carolina had all of that. And uh, I appreciate Coach Spurrier and his staff for recruiting me here. And uh, I still have any regrets, even, even though he left. What, what were those first interactions? And what, I guess what was your relationship like with Coach Spurrier? What, what do you remember from him most? Oh, I mean, he, he was sweet. I mean, we didn't really talk uh, a bunch. It was mostly with Coach Elliott. But when I was getting recruited, you know, he came down the ladder. And, uh, you know, he was he was intrigued by the place. It was a small town. So, I mean, but, uh, he was, I mean, he was a good guy. You know, he, he played and coached Hall of Famer. And, you know, everybody likes to play for coaches who, who you know, who can get guys in the right places and um, win ball games. So, just playing for him was an honor. For sure. So I know 2014, obviously you were redshirted, um, rehabbing from surgery on your wrist. 
Uh, so you didn't play in 2014, yeah. but 2015, you played in all 12 games. I know it was primarily on special teams, but just talk about, yeah. you, know, you get an opportunity to get in there, play SEC football. Was it sort of what you expected? Was there like a welcome to the SEC moment for you? Or how do you feel like you transitioned to that level? I mean, that, that 14 year, I, you know, I just sat back and I watched, but that helped me leading into 15. You know, most people, they get injured and doctors say you out for the whole season. You know, they take it hard and, you know, they just melt from it. But I tried to learn as much as I could from it. And, you know, just watching guys like Brandon Shell and AJ Can and all those guys, they prepared me for uh, SEC football. For sure. So I want to switch gears a little bit, Donnell, and just talk about the inner workings of the offensive line. Because I've had a couple of other former offensive linemen on the show, and I think it's just so interesting because – you know, it's a position that you guys obviously don't get the the credit you deserve. You all like there's no true statistics for offensive linemen or anything like that. And the only time it seems like people are talking about the offensive line is when things something breaks down or it's not going well. Like I said, I think they're just the unsung heroes of the offense. Um, and again, you see all these people, including myself at times. You know, I'll be honest, just talking about offensive line play. And I, I just I sit back and I think it's so funny because it's so much more complex than people realize. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. people can truly grasp almost what is going on. I mean, just just talking yeah. about, I guess, the per- – because you have to have a certain personality, I feel like, to be an offensive lineman. Because, like I said, you're really the, the person behind the scenes and you're really only getting talked about when you miss a block or, you, you know, miss an assignment. But, I mean, you guys truly are the unsung heroes of the offense. Yeah, being an offensive lineman, you, you know, you learn a lot about the group. Um, everybody's in that room. We all know you know, what we go through with everything. So, you know, we don't get a lot of recognition until we mess up. But, I mean, we know the culture of being offensive linemen, but we have each other. So, that's what that's what we enjoy doing, playing with each other. I think being offensive linemen, that's, that's the position that's like uh, well together to do everything together. I mean, we were, we were the most together um, group for the whole team. And, you know, we just love being around each other. And, um, and as far as game time, I thought – we, we came out, we played and competed, and we just enjoyed playing beside each other and uh, with, one, with one another. And so that, that just made it all better. For sure. So I, I do want to ask you, you know, you talked about you don't have any regrets, obviously, with Coach Spurrier leaving in 2015. I, I do just want to ask you about that. I mean, what was your reaction? I know 2015, the season didn't go the way you guys wanted. But, I mean, were you surprised? Was there any indication to you that that might be happening? I mean, just kind of take me inside your mind when that all went down. Yeah, I remember that we went to LSU after the hurricane that um, that yeah. year. And, uh, you know, after a game we lost, and we came back that Monday. Um, we had practice, and you know that Tuesday he was, he just came in, and everybody knew he was um, you know he was retiring stuff. But prior to that, I, I didn't know anything about it. It was shocking, and uh, but we knew we had to keep playing. And you know, Coach Elliott stepped up in there, and uh, that's the guy I respect a whole lot. He recruited me to go, and he was my position coach, so I was ready to play under him. But, I mean, as far as that, I mean, people have to do what they have to do, so you can't blame them for what they do. And I know it upset a lot of people, but, you know, I, I understood where he was coming from, so I didn't really have too, much, too big of an issue with it. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about Coach Elliott because a guy I think, you know, obviously came in. I thought he did a pretty good job as far as, you know, in a, in a tough situation, if you will. Now he's at Georgia State, obviously doing big things with that yeah. program. But uh, And yeah. someone that I think was a big fan favorite amongst Gamecock fans. You know, had that fire, had that passion. I mean, I remember being yeah. at games and seeing you guys basically a mosh pit before every game, getting everybody fired up. I mean, yeah. just talk about <laughs> your relationship with Coach Elliott because, again, I feel like he was someone that, you know, fans liked him, players loved him, um, seemed like a really yeah. good fit for the program. 
Yeah, I mean, um, he he started recruiting me the um, the summer after my freshman year of high school. So, you know, he has he had ties from Lada and um, back at home he was a South Carolina guy. So, had a lot of respect for him with just recruiting me and stuff. But, you know, when I got to school, I mean, he was a hell of a coach, man. He had the fire and everything that she wanted in the coach. He pushed the guys to the limit and uh, he got you right. And um, I mean, for him to step in in that situation and you know try to make the most the best of it. I mean, things didn't go away, and, you know, he got a lot of criticism from him, but I think he looked back, everybody uh, was was glad that he was a Gamecock at the time, and, mm-hmm. you know, he developed a lot of guys who recruited a lot of guys, so, I mean, you see what he's doing at Georgia State now, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. a, he's a hell of a coach. For sure. So I want to talk about 2016. Obviously, we'll talk about Coach Muschamp coming in, you know, Steve Spurrier retires, Will Muschamp is hired, just kind of walk me through again in your mind when that's all going down you guys have that first team meeting with coach Muschamp just just kind of walk me through I guess what that first meeting was like and your first interactions with Will, with, uh, Will Muschamp yeah you know um, you know when we we knew that uh, Muschamp was going to come in and coach for us you know you just you just try to find out as much as you can I mean when he was at Florida he recruited me a little bit but I never like met him in person or everything like that and you know, from just watching him, it seemed like he just had that fire and, and that drive and, you know, hard-nosed coach. And, you know, that was something that Coach Spurrier wasn't. <laughs> so, I mean, when he got here, that that first that first session of workouts, it, it was it was different. It was intense. It was tough. And then when spring came around, we started practicing and stuff. And it was a whole lot more physical and everything. So, I mean, but we embraced it. We enjoyed it. And, you know, we made the most out of that season by winning six games that year. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that for sure because I've heard from other guys the culture is really what changed a lot as far as the intensity sort of went up another notch. It definitely sounds like you echo that same sentiment in regards to just the intensity and how much the culture did shift once uh, once Will got in there. Yeah, yeah. He brought he, – you know, he just brought that blue-collar mentality <laughs> that he wanted us to have and he had the same. So, I mean, when he got in there, he, you know, he preached it and we embraced it and we lived it. Now, that redshirt sophomore season for you, Donnell, was an interesting one. And it seems like you battled the injury bug a ton during your South Carolina career. Yeah. Uh, 2016 yeah. season, I mean, you're geared up. It's the first season of Will Muschamp. You have the Thursday night opener at Vandy, which South Carolina won, obviously. Um, you know, you earn the starting position at right guard, and then you suffer an ankle sprain. And literally in the first series of the game, which is crazy, and you're literally yeah. out for the rest of the season – I guess just talk about the mental challenge that is overcoming that. Because, again, you've you've literally got on campus in 2014. You've been working towards that moment to get that starting spot, and then an injury takes it away from you again. Yeah, see, what a lot of people don't know, that um, that game, I got injured the first play of the game, that, that first play. And mm-hmm. I, still to this day, I don't know how I played eight more plays on a broken ankle, but, <laughs> you know, I look back in that series, that, that season, you know, that it, it put me down a good bit. You know, I had to, I had to go home for, you know, a couple of weeks, just like clear my head. And, you know, I, I just thought a lot about just playing football and stuff. So, you know, I, I got a lot of inspiration from my people at home, my family, friends, uh, preachers and all that, all that good stuff. So, mm. So I came back, I rehab, and I just I got stronger with my upper body and everything like that. And, I, you know, I was hitting film and just, you know, just uh, just waiting for my opportunity. But when it came, I'd be prepared for it. So, you know, I just took, took most out of it and just tried to make it positive. 
For sure. So I want to ask you, because I want to get to kind of what happened in that 16 season, but I I think it's just so interesting, especially, especially later in your career, when you took over, took over the starting center position, you have a very unique relationship with quarterbacks. I mean, you're literally the one snapping on the ball. You guys are talking every single play, it seems like. And I mean, I could just go down the list of Brandon McIlwain, Perry Orth, Connor Mitch, Jake Bentley, Mm -hmm. Ryan Holinsky, the carry on, you just go on and on and all these guys and they all have different personalities. And like, I guess, what is that like? as an offensive lineman and specifically a center, which, again, you became the starting center, what is that relationship yeah. like between the center and your quarterback? Yeah, it's, it's got to be a good one, man. Uh, I thought all those quarterbacks, they get, did a good job, is you know, just trying to be around the offensive lineman as much as possible. You know, um, whether it was taking us out to dinner, we, you know, just going out, having fun with each other, fishing and all that good stuff. Those our quarterbacks, they, they do a good job of just wanting to be around those guys and stuff. So, and and it made it it made it better to block them because we knew who we were blocking for and we had a good relationship with them. For sure. So, and I wanted to, that kind of leads me into this. That 16 season again, you were injured, but you saw sort of the you saw the entire career of Jake Bentley, which who, who's now obviously at Utah, but you saw his entire career from the very beginning. Um, obviously, South Carolina shuffling quarterbacks early 2016. You know, Perry Orth, Brandon McElwain going back and forth. You come at sort of a crossroads. And in that bye week, Will Muschamp makes the decision to pull the red shirt, give Jake a chance. And obviously, you know, the rest is history. You go four and two the rest of the year, get to a bowl game. What was the yeah. – what when, when he was inserted, I guess, what was the change? Was there a noticeable change, like energy-wise? Like, just, just talk about once Jake Bentley was inserted in the lineup, kind of what, what, what happened for you guys. I mean, um, I, one thing Coach Mushcham does, he puts you in uh, situations to be successful. So, you know, we practice that. We, if, like, a player goes down, we throw somebody else in there. So, I mean, we were at the, with, like, every quarterback we had, every quarterback ran with the first team. And so you never know what kind of situations you get in in a game. So, I mean, when we when Jake went down, that was a, that was a big leader. Jake was a good leader. So, um we knew Ryan was, never had experience, you know, freshman quarterback coming in and playing the second game of the year. So, you know, that week we have we have practice, but uh, we also just got to know Ryan a whole lot better. Um, you know, Ryan, he I thought he was very mature just to be a be a freshman coming into play. So, you know, him doing what he did that first game. I mean, he set set a bunch bunch of records. You know, put up seventy two mm-hmm. points that game. So. I mean, it, it was good just seeing him doing that, especially leading up to that next week against Alabama. Uh, you know, a lot of people was worried, like, uh, can this guy play? Is he too young? Will he, you know, have the confidence to play in this big stage? But, you know, Coach Muschamp, he does a good job of, 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 you know, putting guys in that that's never played or never never played with the uh, ones and stuff. So we'll be ready for situations like that. For sure. So I want to jump to a certain game that, again, I know you didn't play in this one, which it just the injuries. It's like it's crazy. You, you battled. You you were yeah. a true battler for sure. But the yeah. 2017 or I guess 2018 Outback Bowl, the uh, to get the win over Michigan, nine win season. Um, the way you guys came, yeah. especially again, I know you were sidelined for that one, but just talk about I guess mm-hmm. that 2017 season to that point. And again, it really showed the the program trending in the right direction under Will Muschamp and again, getting the Outback Bowl win. I mean, I guess just talking about coming coming back home to Columbia with that uh, with that trophy. Yeah, that win was a, it was a signature win for our program, man. Uh, just you know, ending off the the season with a with a good win, and that whole season, you know, we faced a lot of injuries. Not only myself, but 
you know, we had some big time players go down and some big time games and you know, we won a lot of games that people say that we wasn't. So, you know, you know, it's when you practice and you play with guys, you know your culture and you know what kind of guys that you get. And every every team I've been around, we we never had any quit in us. And you know, that's a that's a um, goal of coaching like developing guys just to you know be comfortable being uncomfortable. And then that's what we did. And you know, a show went back outback bowl and just topping off that nine one season. For sure. So. You know, one of the intriguing storylines going into 2018 season, I think this is really where – because in 2017, listen, you started 12 games, obviously jumped around from left guard to right guard, um, played a little center, I think, as well. But 2018, to me, is when you really became like a star player for South Carolina on the offensive line at the center Mm -hmm. position. I remember the biggest storyline going in that season was – Kurt Roper was relieved of his duties. Brian McClendon comes in as offensive coordinator. There's a lot of talks of, you know, increased tempo, which you definitely saw in the 2018 season – and a lot of that yeah. comes down to the center, getting to the ball, getting yeah. on the ball, getting the ball, getting everybody, getting everybody yeah. up there. Um, and you had a phenomenal season. I mean, you were nominated for the Remington Award, which goes the, the country's top yeah. center. So you had a great year. Just, I guess, talk about was the transition major for you? I mean, you were obviously a guy that was, you know, in great shape. And I'll give you that credit. I mean, the, the tempo offense didn't affect you, I'll say. Um, I guess just what was that transition like to uh, to that offense, and how were you able to handle it so well? Yeah, so I remember uh, after the Outback Bowl that year, that 17-year coach, uh, Wolf, he called me. He was like, uh, after he checked on me, see how I was going for surgery, he was like, well, this year you're going to have to be my guy. You're going to have to be the guy that leaves, and, you know, we have to throw you in there at center. And I was like, uh, coach, I never played center. Hell, I never even snapped the ball, but – you know, he was like, it's a, it's a challenge, but I mean, we got spring and, you know, all workouts to do it. So you need to get with Jake and, you know, you need to, you need to get comfortable with snapping. So, you know, I, I started snapping. The spring, the spring went by pretty good, you know, still adjusting to it and, and you know, just get a few bad snaps and, you know, just raging defenses and stuff. So, but um, I kept working through that summer and once camp got there, you know, I was, I was, I thought I was mastering a good bit and, and, uh, but still, you can't, I never played, and I knew that, you know, defenses would, would show different looks, and I had to go from, you know, from looking at who's coming, like if it's corner coming, to nickel Sam or anything. So I had to, you know, get all the clues that that that's together because that's what the whole offense line needs to know. So I was making my calls based on that, and you know, Jake was back there helping me, but it was it was mostly on me. So, but uh, you know, all the guys they trust me, and the coaches trust me, and they. You know, that coastal game, I had a few a few low snaps. It was hot that game, and my hands got real sweaty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't adjust to it. But, you know, this battle into it, I thought it came better at it. And now, now I'd rather play center than guard, to be honest with you. It, you know, it's, that's funny that you say that because I would have – you, you could have fooled me. I would have never believed that that was your first season or first time playing center because, I mean, you look like a natural. <laughs> I, I'll ask you, though, you talked about that coastal game. That was your first game, obviously. We're, we're – yeah, they're like a moment you had like the butterflies like, oh, God, please don't snap it over his head. Please don't snap it in the dirt. Like, just make a good snap. Like, did you have to, like, overcome yeah. that kind of like almost fear of that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. When you first move to center, that's the biggest fear. I mean, like, <laughs> the most important thing is the ball. And if I snap right. the ball 20 feet over his head, I'm screwed. So. <laughs> yeah, that was the biggest thing. But I, I mean, it, it was a good adjustment. I'm glad I did it. I mean. I, I think I know more about just like defenses now for playing center because I have to make all the calls and stuff. So, 
For sure. So I, I want to talk about a specific game that 2018 season. I can't believe I didn't mention his name when I was talking quarterbacks, but Michael Skarnecchia, the Missouri game at home. Mm-hmm. First thing I'll ask you, have you played in a crazier weather game or just maybe game in general than that one? I mean, for I know everybody remembers, but a, a, just a wild game, a monsoon comes out. Michael yeah. Skarnecchia plays literally his only game starting, plays the game of his life, plays phenomenal that day. You guys get the win. Just, I know you were a guy, there's, I think there's a picture of you and Michael embracing, I think, on Instagram or something. Just talk yeah. about that game. Talk about what it meant to see Michael go out there and do what he did. Yeah, so Mike, he was, Mike was my roommate since freshman year. So, we, you know, we, we, we did everything. We were the best friends, basically. So, uh, you know, with him getting that start, I mean, just coming in, it was it was just a typical, you know, sunny day in Columbia. I didn't think rain was even in the forecast. Uh, yeah. So after the second half, you know, we're down a good – we're down what I can't remember, like 10 points, I want to say. Uh, you know, we Mike's just trying to get all the guys together. You know, we tell them we got all the confidence in the world. And, and there we go. We're driving and driving. <laughs> just a, a monsoon, a rain just comes down. And, you know, I don't think we – I don't think we flinched at all. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, do, we do a lot of things just like wet ball snaps. And, you know, if we practice in the rain sometimes, we – Hardly ever go in the indoor unless it's like thunder and lightning. So yeah, there's, that's just a good job that Coach Mushamp does. We just be prepared for like this game time situation because anything can happen. But for us just to get that win, you know, our defense they picked it up in the second half, and you know, we the rain created a lot of problems for for them, especially with their centers snapping the ball and stuff. And you know, I didn't think I even had a, a bad snap that game, even with the rain. So. You know, it was, it was just a crazy game. I remember just running. And it felt like it was like three feet of water. We just had a – my legs were so heavy. The plates were soaked. So, it was it was a game that, you know, that people say it's the offensive lineman stream. But I tell you what, I wouldn't ever want to play in that again. <laughs> that was the other <laughs> stuff, man, just running. My my feet are already size 18. felt like I had 50 pounds weight on my foot. So, you know, it, it was a tough game, but it was a fun game. And I'm glad we, we pulled it out. And I was happy for Mike. And, you know, that was his first time starting, first time really getting the the amount of playing time that he wanted. So he proved he proved to the team that we could trust him. And, you know, he, he won the game for us. Yeah, I was going to say, not only did you guys not flinch when it rained, but I think Mizzou, I think a lot of fans would agree that the harder it rained, it seemed like the worse Missouri yeah. played. So, I, yeah. I mean, not only did you guys not flinch, but, yeah, definitely. I still say that that throw that Drew Locke had on the screen pass that was picked off, I, I just yeah. – I don't know what – right, yeah. at, But, hey, we'll take it. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know – so, yeah, for sure. So, talk about going in that 2019 season. So, I do want to talk about after 2018, you had a decision to make as far as, you know, because you yeah. were a guy, you were a fifth-year junior, definitely could have went to the league. You tweet out January mm-hmm. the 1st, 2019, proud to announce I'll be wearing a Gamecock uniform one more time this season. Thank you to Gamecock Nation, all your yeah. support. Let's make 2019 special. So, you decide you're coming yeah. back. Just kind of talk about what went into that decision, how close were you to going to the draft, I mean, and what made you want to come back? You know, I just thought, I mean, I just looked at it like this. Uh, I was 23 at the time, and I was like, well, most 23-year-olds would probably want to be in my, my predicament, you know, don't have any kids, don't have any any bills or anything. You just live in the college life and, you know, still playing football and getting better. So, you know, I, I talked to a lot of scouts that year, and, and they all said that one more year wouldn't hurt me. So I felt pretty, pretty healthy about it and, and just tried to, you know, put out some more good film and everything. And, uh, at first, I thought I was going to move back to guard, but 
I had to come back to play center this year, which I didn't have a problem with. But, you know, that decision, it, it was, I was, I remember making the decision. I was in California at my uncle's, and I just wanted to get away, just to, you know, just to get away from Southeast for a good, a good little while. So I stayed there for like two weeks and just tried to clear my head and, you know, try to make the best decision for me. And then I figured out that uh, I, I thought that Carolina, another year here would be better for me. Kind of switching gears here, Donnell. What what was your – because you talked about you wanted to get away to California. When you wanted to get away from football, and I know your answer is probably going to be fishing, but what was your your number one hobby or number one thing to do when you wanted to get away from the football field, kind of get away from the madness, the noise, obviously? What what was like the thing the thing that you would go to, I guess? Oh, yeah, definitely. It would be hunting or fishing, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's – the best best therapy for me <laughs> just been just been away from civilization just in yeah. the woods and just around all that great stuff yeah because I, I know the noise for you guys can get crazy so i, I do want to yeah. talk about that 2019 season again you come in as a sixth year senior you're obviously the leader of the offensive line you're named a team captain um yeah what did what did that i guess now i mean the season literally happened last year what did it mean to them? What does it mean to you now? Because, again, to, to have such a high honor, to be named a team captain, you know, they have the wall of captains outside of Williams-Brice Stadium. Yeah. You'll never be remembered on that wall. What does that mean to you? I mean, I just – for my teammates to, you know, trust me enough to elect me as a captain, that means I, I did something right. I was trying to lead and everything. And, um, you know, every day when we used to go in the stadium, you used to walk in and, you know, you see all those those painted pictures of the team captains and just knowing that, you know, my picture be up there, it, it's a phenomenal feeling. And, um, you know, it's, when you get awards like that, you don't think about it. It's just natural that you have to do what you got to do. And I knew I was the oldest guy on the team. I had to be a leader and I had, like, one of the guys had the most experience. So I had to, like, get these young guys right. So... It even got to a point where they started calling me grandpa, so I had to leave <laughs> <had to> <laughs> That's hysterical. So I, I do want to ask you, obviously the first game of the season doesn't go your way, but and you talked about earlier, you know, Ryan coming in, it's kind of next man up mentality, and that's great and all, but I want to hear from you as far as like the, the human element side of things because, you know, it was really tough to see a, a kid like Jake Bentley who really gave his all to – I mean, he literally laid it all on the line, I thought, for South Carolina since he was a freshman. And for his season to end the way it did, you know, no matter your opinion, whatever you thought about the offense, for this, his season to end the way that it did. Um, and you were a guy that knew him obviously extremely well. I, I guess what did you say to him? Because I know it was probably very, very tough on him personally. I mean, what, what were those interactions yeah. like between you and Jake? Yeah, see, at the end of the game, we we didn't even know Jake was injured. Um, mm -hmm. So that Sunday after the um, after we came in, we watched film and you know we made the corrections. I noticed Jake wasn't there, so I called him and I already talked to Coach Bentley. He was like, "Yeah, Jake, Jake's a doctor getting his foot checked out." So I called him and then, you know he was pretty emotional about it and you know he told me and, and I was in my mind at the time I was like, "Dang, so sorry for the guy, but I mean, Jake, he, he's a guy, he already fought through a lot of adversity. And, you know, I said, I told Jake, I said, man, you built for this. You're going to be all right. You know, you're, you're a guy, you're going to be successful in anything you do. So I was like, I'm behind you every step of the way. So, you know, he just talked to me and he was like, man, you, you just got to finish leading this team. And, you know, we can have a good season, get Ryan on board and, you know, uh, so, you know, Jake, he, he stayed positive for the most hitting through all the noise that people were throwing out of him. And, um, but, uh, but what he did for our university, man, it, 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 he changed the culture. 
him with Coach Muschamp's staff and the way we played and, you know, Jake, Jake's ability. Is, is, it'll show in Utah. I know he'll be very successful there, but, you know, for what he did for South Carolina, I'm forever grateful for him. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I said this on social media the day. I don't think there will be a guy as followed that's not a South Carolina football player as Jake Bentley will be. I'm, I know everybody's yeah. really intrigued to see and excited to see how he does. Yeah. I think he's going to probably tear it up at Utah this season. Um, yeah, but definitely. you mentioned earlier, I want to talk about it again. You know, Ryan comes in. He's named the second string, uh, second string quarterback in preseason. Obviously, the kid, the big blue chipper coming from California and great kid yeah. has great character high character we all know his family background and stuff like that but mm-hmm. I guess what were your impressions of Ryan and your, your impressions of Ryan throughout fall camp and when he first got on campus and you know obviously was there in spring ball as well but when he got the starting job you know due to Jake's injury and then throughout the season what what did you see you know from Ryan Holinsky that you know you liked last season that you liked going into this season and for the future yeah so and when you get on campus there at South Carolina with Musham, you know he's gonna preach. He was like, even though you're a freshman, your 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 expectations are high. So, I mean, he he played at a high level to, throughout training camp, and you know it was it was a it was a battle between him, the carry on, and Jake for the starter. And I said in a um, an article or or interview then that I don't care who's behind me, I block for any of them. So, but. Um, you know the confidence he had in going into Charleston Southern that game. It was it was like it was just natural to him. So I knew he was special, and he went out. And he had a great game. You know we had fun that game. Put up a lot of points, and it was it it was what we needed. It was definitely what we needed to show our fans. And, you know this world like who Ron was, and mm-hmm. that he he can do the job. For sure. So I, I want to ask you about the game that I think people will probably be asking you about for the next like fifty years, and that is the. Uh, mm-hmm. The Georgia game in Athens, obviously coming that one. I know, I know you guys don't you don't look at like Vegas spreads or what people are predicting or I mean, yeah. you guys. It's a very closed in, you know, tunnel vision type thing, which is good. But you know, Georgia top five in the country. Everybody felt some type of way about the game. Whatever. I remember feeling myself going in that week saying, I, I have this weird feeling of optimism. Um, and, and you guys yeah. come out and just take it to Georgia, take it to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like a fluke yeah. win, or I mean, from start to finish, wire to wire. Obviously, obviously, uh, Israel McQuamu has the game he has. Ryan plays well. Mm-hmm. I thought the offensive line played well. The Carolina Joiner comes in the second half when Ryan gets hurt. He plays well. I guess just talk about what you remember from that day. You guys smoke stogies in the locker room post game. You get the the the. Uh, the uh, God, what am I thinking? The, uh, the the bushes or what? Are, yeah, the, the hedges. Get the hedges. Yeah, the hedges. It's a lot of people off, which is completely fine. We don't care. But uh, just talk about what you remember from that day, that game, the madness after. I mean, that has to be like one of the best memories of your entire life, I'd imagine. Yeah, that was probably one of the funnest games I've played, played in. I, yeah, you know, going in that week in big games, there's just something about it when when you're playing against a top team like that. It's like. You you just have these these feelings and you just try to imagine a, a, a lot of good stuff happening. So that whole week, I was just imagine just celebrating in Athens, and you know I had a good feeling that we had a good preparation of practice. I mean that week was probably the best week of practice we had. Mm-hmm. But um, just you know, just seeing that win for our program, just seeing our fans there, and you know the coaches and players, and you know the amount of work we we put in, and it was finally just seemed like it was paying off so that that was just a just a, a wonderful feeling and you know it's a feeling that I can I can tell my my kids and and then I can just always look back at it and 
I mean, it was great. Just seeing people smoking cigars in the in locker room, <laughs> dancing, and just everywhere. It was it was a great feeling, man. Do, do you have a piece of the hedges in your in your apartment or your house or whatever? Or did you not uh, yeah. partake? Yeah, in that? I didn't take the hedges. Yeah, I didn't yeah. take. Yeah, I still have the cigar. I haven't even lit the cigar yet. Yeah. I still have it. So <laughs> save, it for, save it for a special. Game. And I, I just the picture that stands out to me from that game is uh, Kyle Markway with the uh, the hedges in his mouth. That that just I think that kind of <laughs> summarizes. The feeling, yeah. the feeling that everybody yeah, had right. after that one, for sure. Um, yeah. So I, I do want to ask you, I know it didn't go your way while you were there, but the Carolina-Clemson rivalry, you, you being an in-state guy, just talk about, you know, literally being in the trenches, being in those battles, and we know how nasty you can get between offensive line, defensive line. Just try to describe to people what it's like being a player and in those battles in the Carolina-Clemson rivalry. Yeah, so I'm probably gonna have a bad taste in my mouth for a while with that one because uh, you know I'm probably like the only player that lost to Clemson six times mm. here. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know it's a robbery. Robbery games are special. You playing for you know this bragging rights for your state and everything like that. So I mean, just playing in those games, it always excited me. And I came out try to give them all every game. And you know Clemson, when I was here, they 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 went on a run that they probably the best in their their program's history. So you know, they good team, well coached and everything and you know what they're doing is phenomenal. But um, you know, just it's been a part of that rivalry. It was it was it was a great feeling and, you know, I'm just looking forward to, you know, South Carolina's turning it around and start winning again. For sure. So I know you're a guy right now, obviously Donnell, the NFL draft coming up uh next month in April, you're a guy getting ready for that. Just kinda of talk about what you've been doing, what you've been working on, what what are you most focused on right now as the draft approaches? Yeah, so right now I'm just, you know, just trying to stay right, stay healthy, and, you know, just training and everything. I, I went out to L.A. and I played in the NFLPA All-Star game, and, and that was an incredible experience. I got a feel of what the NFL really is and just, just a little taste of it. So, you know, I'm just trying to just do all the things it takes to be a professional athlete. So, and, and that's just my main focus right now. I'm Right now I'm still in Columbia right now. I'm just training and everything and, you know, just trying to get my body right and be as good as I can be, become pro day and, you know, work out in front of a lot of those teams and talk to a good many, good amount of scouts and everything already. They gave me a lot of feedback about what I need to work on, what I do good. So just trying to take that, take that information and to let it work out for the better for me. For sure. So a couple more questions I'm going to get you out of here, Donnell. I do want to ask you, because you're a guy, again, you kind of saw everything from getting on campus in 2014 to now, current day. I want to ask you about the ops building. Um, I know it's kind of random, but obviously that that was something that, you know, happened in the last couple of years, wasn't here when you got here. I mean, how much of a game changer is that? Because I feel like if I was a South Carolina football player, I'd probably never leave. I don't even see the reason to leave. I mean, how how much of a game changer is having that ops building, you know, especially when you were there and then now recruiting and guys coming there and see it. I mean, you just wow people with with the facilities now. Yeah, I just remember on uh, senior night, um, Coach Muschamp telling the seniors, you know, just to just to say something to the younger guys, and I was just remember telling them that when I first got to school, we practiced right there off the bluff road over to the left. If you're going to no proving the grounds, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't have an indoor. You know, we didn't have like all the all the news. You know, the new structure around the stadium and everything like that. So I was like. The amount of things that changed, uh, it was a blessing for me to be a part of all this change. And, you know, when I got here, we didn't have any of this. But now, you know, that, that right there is a game changer, though. That can get a lot of good players in and 
Yeah, it's a one-stop shop. You got everything there. You know, guys don't even like to go to their apartments because, you know, you can play the game there. You can get in the studio, watch movies, play pool, ping pong, whatever it is, watch films. Man, it's just a, it's just a great place to be. And, you know, we, we appreciate all the donations for that building because that's really going to be a, a game changer. For sure. So I, I want to ask you again, a little switching gears off the wall here. I, I know Eric Wolfer was your position coach, fiery guy, awesome coach. Will mm-hmm. Muschamp, your head coach, a very fiery guy as well. What's your best or most memorable, like Will Muschamp or Eric Wolfer? Do you have like a good story or like, a, did they ever, did you ever get like chewed out? I mean, is that, like, is that a thing? Is that a thing that happened? Yeah, Coach Wolf. Coach Wolf, he 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 always gives me a hard time. <laughs> I mean, Coach Wolf, he's like a second father to me, man. He, you know, he he goes off. He give me. He called Ladder Lima, so he always calls me Lima. And, you know, he he just picks up me about everything. So, I mean, for him coming in from the NFL, you know, he 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 speaks highly of me. You know, everybody tells me that that Coach Wolf really loves me. He speaks highly of me, and you know, Coach Musham. <laughs> He just he 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 always allows me to just go to his house and fish and everything and sing karaoke with, with his wife and so that's always a good time. <laughs> Did you guys ever give him any crap for like I know you guys probably see like the gifts and everything on on social like him punching the whiteboard and all that. Like, Did you guys ever pick on no. him for like hey coach where's this uh where's this fire at? <laughs> no, he he brings his fire every day. He can make a gift. You want to make a gift every day. You just feel around much. Yeah, yeah. The, the vein, the veins start popping out the neck. You know, you know it's serious. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's a he's a great coach, and just outside of football, he's just a guy you love to be be around. So yeah, for sure. So uh, last question, I get you here, Donnell. When you, when you look at this this 2020 season for South Carolina football, obviously your guy, proud alumni. I mean, like I said, was there forever. It seemed like, but mm-hmm. proud alum. What are you most looking forward to? Uh, for South Carolina football, what would you tell South Carolina fans, I guess, looking forward to this 2020 season, why they should be excited about the season? Yeah, this year I feel that they can really turn around for what we did last year. I mean, we have we have players. Everybody see we have the talent and everything. And, you know, I'm excited to see Coach Bobo and his new offense. And, you know, I figured the O-line would be pretty good, led by Sedarius Hutchinson, which is um, my roommate. So, you know, I'm excited to see it. You know, defense will be good. T-Rob will have those boys right. And, you know, with these new guys coming in, these freshman guys, I mean, we're talented than we've ever been. So, future's bright. And, you know, Coach Musham and the staff can put all the pieces of the puzzle together, and it's going to be a side of season. You know, and I'm looking forward to it. For sure. Well, Donnell, really do appreciate you taking the time, man. I know I speak for all Gamecock fans when I say it was a pleasure uh, to watch you in Garnet and Black. And uh, we'll obviously be keeping a close eye as you get ready for the NFL draft and can't wait to hear your name called Mm -hmm. uh, for the NFL draft. So really do appreciate it, Donnell. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. All right. Perfect. So for Donnell Stanley, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll catch you next time on the episode of the Spurs Up. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.